Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm doing well. I'm, uh, starting to feel, I mean, this is really going to tie into a conversation we had on the, um, on the movie journal. Okay. Uh, we were talking about like being a reasonable member, a member of one group. Yeah. Or cause or something yeah. like that. Yes. Do you have a responsibility to speak out against unreasonable members in your group? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this Arrested Development cast interview uh, has yes. made me want to 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 speak up. Not to say hashtag not all men because right. that's a cop out, but the opposite yeah. of saying like I as a man do not condone what Jason Bateman and to a lesser extent uh, David Cross and Tony Hale set how they carried themselves which so here's here's my experience with this is i was just reading an article i don't even remember who wrote it but i was reading a review of uh season five of arrest development and all throughout they talk about this new york times roundtable discussion uh-huh. and now on one hand part of me is like yeah, but does that have any impact on the actual quality of the show? And thankfully the person said, uh, even without all that, the show is not good. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, and I, as a, as one of the people who actually really liked season four of arrested development yeah. a lot, I've actually been looking forward to season five, but after the past couple of days, I'm starting to think, um, maybe I won't watch it. I'm feeling the same way about the NFL maybe this year. Um, Cause that's a whole other thing. Uh, I mean, there's, I've lost track of how many things there are like, well, the NFL said <laughs> to their address to the kneeling thing yeah. is to say, if you're on the field, you have to stand, but you don't have to be on the field, which I feel like I, I've said before when this first, when this came up last football season, my idea of the solution is stop playing the national anthem before these, you know, commercial events that to me is more crass and more insulting the way that, that these major sports leagues have basically co-opted patriotism into being a part of their customer base. That's true. Has always been weird and upsetting to me. But if you read the specific statement from the NFL has something like, like players must stand and show respect to the flag and national anthem. And the moment you're making respect compulsory, yeah, you lose a lot of respect from me. Yeah. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about arrest development. Uh, Cause I have been, it really upset. I like my, I was gonna, you know, I knew that Jeffrey Tambor, uh, that, um, there had been, uh, allegations, serious allegations made about him by two people on the transparent said that Amazon conducted an investigation and, um, decided to remove him from the show going forward. He'd lost that yeah. job. Uh, and so like with death of Stalin, I had, I had sort of been looking at the rest of development, like, well, they, <clears throat> there's nothing to do. This was filmed before all that. Cause yeah. the rest of development season five was, uh, filmed a while ago. Um, uh, I think, uh, but now I'm s- like, I'm really upset with Jason Bateman and just the, I, the fact that on the one hand I have Apparently always, he issued it like an apology. Yeah. The next uh, day or something. A tweet thread apology. Well, that's um, something that, that's what you do. And I, I mean, he seemed like he seemed to get what was wrong. And, yeah. and, and so, um, that is, that is nice. Um, I, I guess, but it's just on the one hand, I've always tried in these situations to understand someone wanting to stick by their friend. 
Yeah. I, I do understand that. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but Jessica Walter is just as much his friend and coworker right. and was just as present. And the fact that Jason Bateman, and again, to a lesser extent, but worth noting David Cross and Tony Hale, um, were way more interested in defending or excusing away or, you know, welcoming back with open arms, Jeffrey Tambor, then acknowledging the, the, the way that, that he treated Jessica Walter, which was not, I don't know if you know the story that this I, was not, that, it's not yeah. a sexual harassment thing with Jessica Walter, but he, uh, during the filming of season five, like apparently blew up on set one day and it was incredibly cool. Like brought her to tears, like screamed to Jessica really? Walter. Um, and he had already addressed that actually just recently in a Hollywood reporter interview. And so they can't, the, so the fact that Jessica Walter is right there and is starts crying again, until in talking about this and is trying to speak up. And, you know, when Jesse Bateman is trying to make excuses, like, um, you know, in an industry like this, you work with volatile people, these sort of things, you know, they happen all the time. And Jessica Walter says, you've never yelled at me like that, Jason. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that he doesn't, he doesn't, he, he won't take a moment to stop trying to, to, excuse away or defend Jeffrey Tambor to realize that yeah. what he's doing is so disrespectful, disrespectful yeah. to Jessica Walter and to people like Elia Shawkat who were there and coming to just Jessica Walter's defense. Like they're all your co-stars and yeah. you know, presumably your friends too, you know why? And, and that's why, that's why I started this off with saying it makes me feel like, uh, I want to speak up as a man, because that's something I've been trying to do. I think part of the, maybe part of the problem is that Jason Bateman is seeing is maybe identifying more with Jeffrey Tambor. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's why men are so can be in situations like this. So eager to defend or excuse. Um, and I do, I, I bring this up because you and I had a conversation off mic last week about, um, someone else I know that, uh, who said something racist to me. Oh yes. Um, yes. And I was talking about how I've been trying and not always living up to this resolution, but trying to when someone who is in the same category as me in terms of identity, be it white, male, whatever, says something derogatory towards the minority group to make it clear, not like necessarily to be a dick or pick a fight, yeah. but maybe if that's called for, but generally to just to make it clear that I don't agree with them because yeah. I think sometimes there is an assumption like, you know, Hey, we're all straight and we think gays are gross. Right. And I can make gay jokes. And as long as you don't say anything, I get to go along, go on believing right. that, that everyone who is like me feels that way. Uh, and so, uh, it really, the, this New York times thing really got into my head cause I really, I, I really keep trying to think what I would have done if I would have, been there. And I think having made this resolution, I, I definitely would not have, uh, been doing what Jason Bateman did or, or excusing it. Like, I, like yeah. cause I think, uh, yeah, I, I also wouldn't have kept quiet if, and you know, let Jason Bateman, uh, hang himself with his own rope, you know? I know, uh, I, I, I feel like I like to think that I would have, would have stood up and said something, but I also am kind of ashamed of myself that it's taken me this long into my life by, 
by 35 years old, not only do I not have twice my salary in savings, um, <laughs> but I also am only just learning that I need to make it clear to uh, racists and homophobes and misogynists that I am not one of them. Jeez. Oh, well, that sounds like a tall order all the time. It sounds uh, tiresome. See, I like to just laugh at any time anybody makes a joke. That way, I'm always in solid. Yeah, uh, but I, I, do I was have telling th- you about... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm dominating the conversation. That's fine. But it, uh, there's a co-worker that I have who... Uh, Step lightly. Um, what's that? Step lightly. <laughs> yeah, a co-worker that I have who... Uh, made some comments about Alicia Vikander in Tomb Raider. And I was, I was, I guess at the bare minimum proud of myself that I did at least at that point say, you know, that's not cool. That's not what this movie is about. Yeah. Uh, so I'm learning, I'm learning, but I should have gotten here sooner. Uh, sorry, I will finally let you talk. I, yeah, uh, I have had one or two guys, uh, that I've been driving around in Lyft, uh, as a function of lift, uh-huh. uh, come in drunk and they're just like extremely, and they're talking about like, you know, the girls they were hitting on and, or they're sure. planning on hitting on. And as I, dr- okay, we all have blind spots and I'm sure I've said all kinds of stuff that you people mean in your think- rear view mirror when you're driving. <laughs> well, with the, with the 2012 Kia soul, uh, <laughs> no, it's, um, <clears throat> But it is fascinating when somebody like makes a joke or when somebody says a thing, you're like, oh, I thought you only existed in movies. Mm -hmm. And what's more, older movies. (laughs) Like, I thought you I thought you were gone with the 80s, like Uh with cocaine. Um, But, yeah, it's just fascinating. And, of course, in that instance, like officially they're my like customers, so I can't really say anything. But I don't respond and I don't laugh. Yeah. Um, But uh, I do it. The other I've had Lyft drivers say shit to me. I had a guy, this was during award season last year, um, where a guy argued with me about whether or not Get Out is a good movie because he feels very strongly that racism is not a, not a problem anymore. Because you see, <laughs> he has two half-black nieces and their lives are great. <laughs> that, was, that was his argument, this guy. Uh, and we, yeah, we got into it. <laughs> Yeah, wow, that's really something. And then you know um, what I did? Because I just had a habit. I gave him five stars. I, did, I, I oh, didn't of course. Even think about it. Of course. It's, uh, yeah, it's always five stars when I get out of it. I didn't. It didn't. I didn't even spend a second thinking about. I should give this guy a lower rating. Yeah. No, I, I did it out of like, a He's got a livelihood, you know. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but no, I did have the thought. If it were me, if I were in a situation where. Someone I know, let's say, let's say you were called out for something like not necessarily this, but just something, something you said in public, whatever. For yelling at Jessica Walter. Yeah. Jessica Oddly cry. enough, it happens to her all the time. <laughs> it's just, a, it's just, she's just a magnet for hostility. See, I would not be mean to Jessica Walter because I think of her as Mallory Archer. I think of her as just awesome all the time. Yeah. She could like yeah. fuck people. Do you remember there was the Archer where she, uh, uh, stabbed Krieger with her high heel <laughs> that Krieger was trying to hypnotize with like yes. gas everyone in the office and yes. everyone else immediately fall, fell for it and when he sprayed Mallory she was like you son of and just like beat his ass <laughs> took off her shoe and shoved it through his shoulder and then went back to work uh, Archer's fun I need to I need to get back into it but um, but if you said something 
you know, people would probably expect me to address it in some capacity. Right. And I probably would, but a, we're, we are, we are longtime friends. So I don't think I would necessarily distance myself from you so much as your comments, but I do think that there is, there's an instinct in people that are in any kind of public, uh, the, the public square. And I'm, I'm not going to put you and I up there with like the cast members of Arrested Development. Sure. But what I'll say is that like you, you almost want to extend the amount of grace that you would want to be extended knowing full, not because like, even if you did something that I have not done, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, but the day might come when I do something else. And I would want people to speak, to not be quite so condemning of me if I were in that circumstance. So I think that there's a little bit of hedging there. Yeah. Uh, No, the impulse is definitely there. I definitely understand that. But I also, again, I can't put myself in Jason Bateman's shoes, but I, I can't imagine myself committing to that impulse while Jessica Walter is crying in the same room with me about the thing. That's what fascinates me. It's the impulse of someone in a singular interview. When they're talking to one, when it's just him and the interviewer. But yeah, if they're there, you know, uh oh, hang on. The ice cream truck has shown up with its little (laughs) weird, horrifying dinging bell for you. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, I think that's the issue for me is that, uh, well, there are a number of issues, but it is fascinating how tone deaf it is given the, the circumstances. Oh no, that's yeah. a different one. Yeah. So that, that's not as annoying a sound as the one yeah. last week. Um, so yeah, the upshot of this whole conversation is that we love Jessica Walter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it is a shame, uh, you know, just today there were allegations or yesterday, I think there are allegations about Morgan Freeman and, you know, it's, it's shitty to that. Your first yeah. instinct is like, no, not him too. But there was already shit about him. Remember? Was there about when he got into a car accident with his like very young step granddaughter. And there was like some, uh, impropriety around that oh. whole thing. That was years ago. That was we years talked, ago. I think we talked on the podcast. We probably did. Yes. Um, wow. So yeah, this is not okay. the first time that Morgan Freeman has okay. uh, come across as like like a creep. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, yeah, and yeah, and this one seems like uh, um, research was done. Son of a bitch! In this the entire case. cast of Outbreak. Like, <laughs> Wait, who, who's in Outbreak? You got your Dustin Hoffman. Right. You got your Kevin Spacey. You got your Morgan Freeman. Uh-huh. Renee Russo. I'm looking at you. Oh yeah, you don't yeah, <laughs> don't uh. Yeah, don't turn your back on Renee Russo. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, the Morgan Freeman one is definitely, but I, I, I mean, yeah, that, I guess not surprising given uh, yeah the the allegations a few years ago. But that's we need to not. We kind of talked about this with uh, Brandy uh, a few weeks, a month or so yeah. ago. Um, we just can't get into a place of assuming that actors just because we like them or because they have, even if they have a good public persona, we can't assume yeah. and not just actors, any like artists that we look up to, we can't yeah. just expect that they are good people, you know? Yeah. Especially many, many that would assume that regularly will condemn the business that this person has been in for decades. Uh-huh. 
and it's just like, and maybe the reason that we think that they're good people is like, well, it looks like the, de- like the, uh, the business, the industry has not rubbed off on them. It's like, yeah, but yeah. maybe it has. And that was always the thing about Dustin Hoffman that he, yeah. he, he lives in apparently a, like not a mansion, like a, just a, obviously a nicer house than yeah. Oliver afford, but like a sure. relatively nice house. <laughs> Wait, did you ever hear that story? I can't remember who it was. A screenwriter telling a story about having a meeting with Denzel Washington at his house. Okay. And he went to his house and he was like really impressed by Denzel Washington's modesty. Like I was saying, it's mm-hmm. like, this is a nice house, but it's like, he doesn't live in some crazy mansion or whatever, you know? And yeah. so they're sitting talk about the screenplay that they're going to work on together that Denzel Washington's going to star in. And it, at some point they're going to get some food or something. Denzel Washington was like, well, let's go up to the house. <laughs> it turned out they were meeting in oh. his like guest house on his property. <laughs> <laughs> let's go up to the house. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a lot of fun. Um, incidentally, so I mentioned uh, Lyft and we're talking about unwanted advances. I've got another story, David. Okay. So the other day, uh, a woman got into the car and uh, was drunk, very friendly, but drunk. And as we got on the road, she's like, do you like jazz? And I was like, yeah, uh, sure. She didn't say it like that, but not <laughs> like far off. Oh, okay. Because you sounded like an infomercial or something like a lifetime jazz uh, compilation. Uh, stay tuned. Okay. She's like, do you like jazz? And I said, yes. She goes, well, listen to this. And literally pulled something up on her iPhone. And by the way, it sounded great. I, I really liked it. I actually wrote it down later. But um, she pulled up this YouTube clip, shoved it from the back seat right up to my ear. And I'm just driving, listening to this and just smiling. It's good, but I wouldn't have been smiling. I'm smiling to show like, you're not going to kill me if I don't like this. Right. (laughs) Um, anyway, so finally we arrive and, and so she's like, wasn't that great? And so we have a brief discussion about, she's like, she goes, all right, well, uh, this was fun. Bye baby. And came and like kissed my cheek and then got out. (laughs) And I was like, what the hell is going on here? That's great. So anyway, all right, um, let's pay some bills. Absolutely. All right, this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $8.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Currently available on Mubi is Christopher Nolan's debut film, Following. A dizzying puzzle that slowly pulls the viewer into an elaborate Kafka-esque story, following is the first of Nolan's films to play with time and perception, which he would later do in Memento, The Prestige, Inception, and most recently, Dunkirk. Um, have you seen Following? Uh, no, I think it's the only one of his movies I've ever seen. You know, it's interesting. I liked it at the time, but there are things that I... It's definitely... It's told completely nonlinear, um, and I didn't understand at the time why mm-hmm. it seemed unnecessary to me, like just something he was doing because he could, uh, in retrospect, when I think about it, I realize that it's, it literally is like someone poured out a jigsaw puzzle mm-hmm. and that's what you're looking at. But by the time the movie is over, you're, you've been able to assemble all these things into what, into the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, to me, because of course, by the time I saw following, I had already seen memento, which does, which is a little bit out of joint, but in a very specific purposeful way. Um, and this one didn't seem that way. And so you see upstream color. I did, which I adore. Me too. Um, does a similar thing. yeah. Yeah. And, 
and so I, uh, so I think I was too young to understand why he would do that with following. But in retrospect, I actually really uh, respect it, and I think I would probably enjoy it more if I watched it now. But anyway, so listeners, uh, following is available uh, on Mubi, and there is a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to Mubi.com, that's M-U-B-I dot com slash Battleship to redeem now. And I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com, which is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I uh, use them each and every day. Uh, this week, not today, but this week, I was listening to the first new Parliament album in 38 years. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's called Medicaid Fraud Dog. Um, and it's surprisingly good. I feel like between uh, one of my favorite bands, Sleep, in between Parliament Sleep went 20 years, probably went almost 40 years. Yeah. But usually when bands come back after a long time, they suck. But like both of them have like put out some pretty good music. But the Parliament album is part of a very troubling trend for me. Okay. That we're seeing in the in the age when albums are digital, Spotify, yeah. Amazon, they could be as long as they want. And so Parliament and Migos and Race Remurd all like put out albums recently that are approaching the two hour mark. It's wow. Too long. Too long. That's, that's really long. Yes. Like at least the race from murder one is like structured like a triple album where like these, you know, the, fir- the first third of the songs right. are like one theme and another, and another. So yeah. I guess that's, it's, I like that it's a concept like that, but it's just like, if I'm, I get a new album, I have a hard time just listening to like the 40 minutes of it. Yeah. Like, and that's 40, 45 minutes is where now it should yeah. be if you ask me. Um, what gets, so let me ask you this. Okay. So 38 years. Yeah. Are they still recognizable as who they were? Like, it seems like 38 years. Musically. Yeah. It seems like it would change their, their sensibilities. I I think that's what's good about them is that about about the album is that they're not just doing like, they're not trying to go back to, uh, you know, 19, what, 1980, I guess. And sound like they did then. It sounds like a new album. Okay. it sounds like you can almost imagine the albums that came out over the 38 years yeah, yeah. and see the progression. Um, anyway, I mean, I don't want to sound like it's great. It's, but it's, uh, it was pretty good. Like I imagine if, if Tom, if Tom Waits took a 38 year break starting in the late seventies and then put out, you know, bad as me, uh, which came out a couple of years ago. Uh-huh the fans would be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, this is the craziest thing. What did he do to his voice? Yeah. Why is he obsessed with German theater? I guess. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it'd be very strange. But, uh, the point here, Tyler, is okay, that this yes. all sounds great in your tweaked audio.com earbuds that are available at a low, low price at tweaked But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So go to tweaked and use the offer code pretension. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Tyler, yes. Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. This was your idea for a topic. Mm-hmm. Excited about it, but also 
in doing research, we're going to talk about a part of me wishes we had saved it for Halloween because I ended up finding almost entirely horror movies. Yes. Horror movies and documentaries. Uh, that's, I should should have gone down that path. That's where I, where I wound up. Yeah. Uh, so the title of this episode is movies ruin everything. Um, right. That's what we decided. Yeah. I like that. Um, and it came about because I was driving along. Our guest is Adam Conover. (laughs) I wish, um, He's a delight. Even when I don't, even when I think what he's doing is a little bit simplistic on his show, I enjoy him a lot. Yeah, I like him. Uh, his level of energy is not usually a thing I like, uh-huh. but I feel like he'd be a, f- a lot of fun to talk to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Provided uh, I don't talk about anything that's important to me. Um, so, okay. I was driving down the street, uh, and of course, there are billboards everywhere, and I saw a billboard for SeaWorld. And it oh, was, right. and it was, uh, it was talking about like some Sesame street tie in. And then I saw some other thing at SeaWorld that was something else, notably not sea. Uh-huh. Um, and I realized like, man, like I'd be fascinated to know, like I've, I mean, I went to SeaWorld when I was a kid. Um, I haven't been since then. I'd be I've fascinated to go now and see what is it is. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, and what's interesting is like, I poured all kinds of garbage into the tanks. Sure. Um, you threw rocks. At exa- the, yeah. The orcas. Yeah. And be like, you're like, you're not a human. I don't care about <laughs> you. Um, and so, uh, my, my wife has a story that she likes to tell when she like, she was an adult, like she and her sister took her, her sister's kid, our, our, mm-hmm. our nephew, this is before I was in the picture to sea world. Mm-hmm. And they're like at the, the like dolphin or whale show or whatever. And Natalie is like in the middle of lecturing her sister about, you know, the way they treat these, it's, it's inhuman. And (laughs) (laughs) as soon as the thing did it, she's just like completely blown away and then goes back to, you know, being the, uh, the, the scold. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd say that's probably about right. Like there's a reason that those things do very well. Um, they are a lot of fun to watch. I always liked the I always liked the seal uh, the seal and sea lion show, especially because like the wal the walrus would eventually show up and it's like oh man watch out here it is, um, <laughs> and it let out this big loud uh, scream. It did. It probably wasn't characterized as a scream, but I think in retrospect now that's we we know that's what it was. Yeah. Um, it sounds like that monster in annihilation. <laughs> That's, that's not far off (laughs) actually. Um, so anyway, so it got me thinking about like, wow, SeaWorld. Now this is an instance where a change was made, but the change was made because years ago everyone saw blackfish Uh and blackfish. I don't, this sounds shitty. Blackfish ruined SeaWorld. If you had like a season pass to SeaWorld and you saw Blackfish, you're like, well, I guess I just flushed this money down the yeah, toilet because yeah. how could I possibly go and and watch this movie again? So that's a very clear cut example. But it got me thinking about other movies, whether it be like because then it went to super in my mind, went to supersize me, which very I think very much didn't work. <laughs> Uh, maybe not. I, I think, but. I think I'd probably eat more McDonald's now than I did. Uh, uh that's not, not true. Of 2018. I've been trying to eat less, uh, fast food. Yeah. But, um, so I it's just subway just, for you. Now. I did just have a, uh, bacon and cheese biscuit one morning at, uh, TCM fest. I was on the way to the Egyptian and there's that McDonald's there. I didn't like uh, McDonald's in the first place, but I don't like, I, I liked it even less after that. Like when you see, like when you hear about like the, the 
chicken paste that they use to like make the the yeah but do you ever see who's the uh, who's the british chef who teaches kids about eating healthy he has the he, he had a tv show oliver like jamie, oh jamie, jamie oliver. oliver that's yeah. it hey we got there yeah <laughs> um, best friends <laughs> uh he had he was like he did the thing when he showed he was like kids do you like chicken nuggets i'm like yeah and then he showed the whole video and he was like now, do you still like chicken nuggets? And they were like, yeah, <laughs> I was like you dumb shit. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the so chicken yeah, paste I, I, thing and the, the, the separated chicken pink thing yeah. doesn't have any effect on me either. It's interesting. It's, it's like, just, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, unless you're telling me that it was human or something like I'm going to keep on eating uh, chicken right, nuggets. Yeah, that's true. They're fucking good. Um, yeah, it's, but like my mind went to that, uh, and, not that it necessarily ruined it for me, but I bet it ruined it for somebody. Uh, so then I, then I started thinking, branching out more and more and started thinking about narrative films. Probably the most obvious, the one that you hear a lot about is jaws with Mm -hmm. the ocean and swimming in the ocean. Um, which is no question that is true for me. Like if I am in, if I set foot in the water, which is rare anyway, if I walk out far enough that the, that like the, ground or whatever you want to call it this uh my foot is no longer touching it even if it's just an inch from it it's like well i'm dead this yeah. shark is gonna eat me See, and I, yeah and i because you mentioned that in the, when you emailed me about this um and i definitely get it but i'm wondering I, i've always i've never liked natural bodies of water really sure anyway yeah. and I'm, so i'm, I'm tr- <laughs> always trying to want to figure out like is it because of jaws um there's also i know we're talking about movies here but there's a Stephen King short story that I think is called The Raft or whatever. The Raft, is, yeah, which was made into a, a part of a, a film. Was it? Yes. Which one? I don't remember, but like, uh, like it, one of those anthologies. Yes. This is the one with like the college kids or whatever on the raft, and there's like a a, a blob type mass under yeah. the water. I actually just watched it on That's YouTube great. like no a week idea. ago. Wait, was it, was it one of the, was it made for TV? Was it one of those, uh, was it an episode of Amazing Stories? It might have been that. I know they did a number of Stephen King stories for Amazing Stories. For some reason, I thought it was maybe one, like or part t- of one uh, of the creep shows or something. Is maybe what I mean. Maybe it was that, yeah. Oh, I'm looking it up right now. Um, yeah, Telson's Dark said fun, uh, fun show. Anyway, um, but I, yeah, yeah I, I was also wondering, maybe, like, which, which did come first? And the other one, this is not a horror movie, but I had the same thought because... Creepshow 2, by the way. Okay, good to know. Um, I've, um, I've always found alligators and crocodiles terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, like, can I draw that back to the end of Temple of Doom? Uh, you know, oh, when there's okay. that whole, like, at the bottom of that canyon, yeah. there's just that whole the water is essentially all crocodile. And when yeah. the guys fall in there, they just get ripped apart and the crocodiles yeah. roll over them. So Peter Pan is uh, terrifying for you, but that's not like, is it because of temple of doom or is it just because it is completely logical to be terrified of crocodiles and alligators? Yeah. I think w- it, what it comes down to, like with sharks, of course, great white sharks are terrifying. And it's like, yes, yes, but they're more scared of you. Well, they have the advantage if we ever uh-huh. come face to face. Right. Right. Um, but, the issue is it's very unlikely I'm going to encounter a great white shark in the ocean. Right. But this film has put it so in the forefront of my mind that it's, well, it's done now. Like I'm no matter where I am in the world, even if it's somewhere 
where a great white shark would never go. It's like, well, yeah. you know what? Uh, that one in Jaws the Revenge went all the way down to Bermuda. Right. So, but you're up in like the Puget Sound. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. State. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so, and inter- interestingly enough, I was uh, talking with Jen about this and she said that Temple of Doom ruined, I mean, it's a weird thing to ruin, centipedes. Not that she likes centipedes, but she was, she is to this day positively terrified of centipedes because when Kate Capshaw like reaches in and there's all those bugs on her, there was a specifically a centipede and huh. like Jen as a young girl was not frightened of them. Yeah. And from that moment forward, like it's again to this day, yeah. horrified of centipedes. Um, well then let's talk about spiders cause I know you're afraid of spiders. I and am. Speaking of Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark has the spiders on Alfred Molina at the beginning. <sighs> Have you, wait, you might've been the one to tell me this story about shooting that scene, mm-hmm. uh, in that the first couple times they shot it, the spiders wouldn't run around. Like, yeah. They were because, just hanging out because they were all male. Yeah. Uh, and, and Spielberg was like pissed off. He was like, this is going to look like we have fake spiders and we have yeah. these real spiders. And they put one female and all the males went nuts and like were <laughs> crawling all over him immediately. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, tarantulas don't really scare me that much. Are I think. you shitting me? They, no, I understand they look scary, but they're not that dangerous. Looking scary is enough. Okay. But Here's one that I want to get to because I think you have a longer list than I do. And this one's probably on it. So I'm going to steal it from you. Okay. Uh, arachnophobia. And there's something very specific. I think it's gonna be different than yours. Okay. Arachnophobia. I, I would love to, cause I watched it a lot as a kid and I would love to watch it again now and see if it holds up. I feel like it does in probably ways that I don't, I think it's probably funnier. It's than probably I, funnier now. than I realized, yes. but it, it does a really clever thing repeatedly, which is just an, most of the times it does this, it doesn't result in a spider bite, yeah. but having people reach their hands into places they can't see. So like there, there's a part where the, the there's like a, in a, in a kitchen, there's like hanging coffee mugs during mm-hmm. like, and someone's tipping the coffee mug. So, and every time they reach their finger in the coffee mug, you're like, watch it. Yeah. Um, and, and or like reaching into a box of cereal or the one that I, constantly think of and i think subconsciously subconsciously to this day if i have to reach under a lampshade to turn a uh oh that's on there okay i thought arachnophobia ruined lamps yeah if i have to reach under a lampshade to turn on or off a light i don't even think i'm maybe not consciously thinking of arachnophobia but i know i try to do it as quickly as possible no question probably because of that because no question about it um and i don't think there is in existence a spider that small and that deadly do you know what I mean? No, yeah. That's part of the thing the, about arachnophobia is yeah. that they're super small and yet they could like kill an elephant with a bite. One yeah. Or whatever. Um, yeah. And then of course there is uh, one where like the two characters are like eating a bowl of popcorn and there's one in there. They're watching Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. She needs to buy a vowel. <laughs> I've seen this movie so many times. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's, uh, much it and yeah, I was already terrified of spiders when I saw it, but that's the thing is like, and you know what? Directly after arachnophobia ruined covers for me. So I slept on top of my covers for a long time. This is one of the first stories I knew about you when we were both like 17 years old. Yeah. Is that you? Because it wasn't that far away. (laughs) Uh, I guess that's true. I think by the time I met you, I'd only just started sleeping under the covers like six months before. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but yeah, so that's fun. Yeah. It ruined the same thing for us. That's, that's neat. Yeah. The lampshade thing. Um, Okay. So uh, yeah, I think I think I probably do have a, a longer list than well. You do, another so. one. Speaking of horror movies, and this one I I think I've grown out of. Maybe I subconsciously 
do it, but I know. Okay. So I wasn't really allowed to see R rated movies. It was pretty mm-hmm. rare when I was a kid to see R rated movies. So there aren't that many, like I saw Die Hard pretty young, but Die Hard, I honestly is like, I don't, I don't actually think it's so it's, it's awesome, but it's like the violence is not realistic enough that I don't think it's actually damaging to, I mean, I was like, yeah. like eight when I saw it. Yeah. And that was probably fine. But one movie I probably did see too young, especially watching it now and realizing how much of it went over my head is Candyman. Sure. I saw Candyman too young and I definitely for a while, if I had to go in the bathroom would make a point of not looking at the mirror. Mm. Unless I absolutely, if I was like brush my teeth and I had to, I get it. But if I'm just going in to use the bathroom, I'm like yeah. walking in, looking the other way. I've, I've, I've grown out of that, but that, uh, for a while, at least Candyman ruined mirrors. For me. Okay. I get that. I could see. Yeah. Um, and I never, I never, uh, to the, I still have not seen Candyman. It's so um, good. I could see that being too young. Uh, like seeing that movie too young yeah. would be uh, yeah. pretty rough. So I went through and I separated these movies into like places, um, relationship type things, general concepts, and then uh, like entertainment and uh, ver- and institutions. So like I, I okay. Well, you have a lot. Yeah, I. I uh, really tried to dive into this thing. So, um, along with, along with jaws, um, something that I've heard people say, uh, is that psycho ruined showers for them. Uh Um, because, and admittedly when you watch psycho and she's just there in kind of the lower right corner of the frame, and then you see like the door quietly open and the fact that there's just no sound. And so this dark figure just gets closer and closer and closer. Like, and she's just there, completely vulnerable, completely unable to defend herself. She doesn't have any weapons or anything handy. Um, that is a very frightening image. Um, I have never felt that, but uh, as I was thinking about this, I realized, like, oh, my shower, the shower that I use in my master uh, bathroom, like, it faces out, and it's glass, and it's clear. It's like, all right, no one can get the drop on me uh, <laughs> if, if, if I'm showering and someone decides they want to kill me. Um, so, yeah, I know that's one that people said. Uh, so I will mention a few places. Okay. So I mentioned Jaws and Blackfish. Those are like SeaWorld is a specific place. The ocean is, you know, a big place. Um, having never been to New York, uh, which I feel bad about, quick change it makes it so clear that uh-huh. like New York, I, I feel like, you know, ever since nine 11, you can't make a movie that is anti New York. Um, but uh, yeah. quick change was all about how much he hates this place. Uh-huh. And every single time he encounters something, he's like, Oh, this is why I hate it. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like that ruined New York for me. Fear and loathing ruined Las Vegas for me on every possible level. Um, whether uh-huh. it be the glitzy part, which is horrendous and horrifying or the, the CD part. The CD part. Yeah. I don't know. Las Vegas, I feel, Fear and Loving in Las Vegas, probably, which you know is uh, 20 years old this week. Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. I saw um, it opening day with my dad. What oh, that's. Is, what is wrong wow. with me? Um, yeah, that's fun, I'm sure. Uh, I feel like Fear and Loving in Las Vegas should have ruined a number of things for me that I either love or have love. Mm-hmm. It should have ruined Las Vegas for sure. me. It probably should have ruined LSD for me because I don't think, I don't think I had done LSD the first time I saw fear and loving Las Vegas. And 
that's uh, that's one of the things I really like about that movie is that it does not make it look fun. No, it does not. Uh, it, um, and yet I would go on to have uh, plenty of fun times on LSD. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I could see that. I could definitely see that. see that. see that movie. That movie. So I'm not sure why it didn't for me. Because it's just so. I mean, the movie is funny. Officially, it's a comedy. Uh, it's yeah. not that funny. It's weird. But it is, I mean, it's unpleasant. Like, that is not, I remember, so I saw it in the theater, and then, like, a year or two later when it was on video, I wanted to watch it again. And I chose to have my mom go rent it for me while I had a cold. Uh So I was, like, doped up on cold medicine, and this was the movie I chose to watch because I was- just like Raul Duke. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. As he's, he's like, yeah, uh, the ether's fine, but, uh, this NyQuil is really going to do the job. Um, but yeah, so, and then <clears throat> I was thinking about movies that might, that could ruin Los Angeles, uh, for me. And the only one I thought of was shortcuts, which has more to do with the people of Los Angeles. Yeah. And I recognize of course that not all people are represented, but like everyone is just so vapid and, or just, yeah. Selfish and I don't know. Yeah. I'm and it doesn't make the place look that good either. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know that I've ever had a city ruined for me by a movie. Um, if I had let movies affect how I thought about Los Angeles, I never would have moved here because I do true. think there's a lot of, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. I, uh, I hypocritically despise portrayals of Los Angeles in which everyone wor- works in the film industry or aspires to. Right. I say hypocritically because I do work in the film industry, but I also like, you know, uh, am married to someone who doesn't in any way. Yeah. I ride the bus and the train, uh, not every day, but multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. Like I, I understand that to some extent, Los Angeles, like maybe Washington DC is an industry town in that there is one, industry that limit like a plurality of people working sure. or whatever. But most Angelinos, just like most DC dwellers, I'm not sure what you Washingtonians. Mm. That sounds right. I think it's yeah, but then what about people from Washington? Uh, yeah, like maybe Washington state. Uh, uh, maybe they're Washingtonians. Um, that reminds me speaking of demonyms, which is what that's called. Okay. Um, there are two countries in Africa, Nigeria and Niger. Mm hmm. They're, the demon in, demonum is Nigerian for mm-hmm. both of them, but in, Ni- in Niger or Niger or whatever, it's spelled like French style, I E N. Oh, jeez! Like the Montreal Canadiens yeah, hockey yeah. Uh, hockey club. Um, whoa! Speaking of hockey, th- this season, this playoffs has been so amazing. Oh, we're in the playoffs. Speaking of DC, yeah, we're about to start the Stanley Cup Finals of this recording uh, with the. Uh, Washington Capitals, who haven't been to Stanley Cup in 20 years, and the Las Vegas Golden Knights, who didn't exist a year ago. Yeah. That's neat. First time, <laughs> first year in the league, and they are going to the Stanley Cup final. I hope they it, win. Uh, it, you know what? If it had ended up being Vegas-Tampa, I would say absolutely I'm, I'm pro-Vegas. I think I still am pro-Vegas, but now we're in a situation where no matter who wins, I'm going to feel bad for the loser. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind that's of a true. bummer to me. I wouldn't feel bad for Tampa Bay. They're good. Yeah. They're always good. Um, but, 
Yeah. I, another observation I made on Twitter is that like, uh, the NFL was turned off a lot of people this week. Maybe we should turn to the NHL to realize that sports are still fun. (laughs) Sports can still be fun. All right. Um, back to, uh, the topic. Speaking of sports. Okay. Um, I would say even though the movie's not that good and even though I don't care that much about football, uh, concussion definitely like makes a really good case of like, this is a game that shouldn't be played. I mean, nobody's yeah. forced into it. Yeah. Um, but of course, of course that's true of hockey too. So I am kind of a hypocrite there too. Is, is it the, yeah, uh, you should watch, thing? um, <clears throat> uh, who's the great Chicago, um, documentarian who did hoop dreams. Oh, uh, Steve James, Steve James. He did a documentary called head games about, okay. about concussions, not just in football, but in sports in, in general. Okay. And a lot of it is, uh, there's a lot of hockey stuff in there. Surprising amount of soccer stuff. Um, interesting. Cause they butt the ball with their head yeah. and yeah, there's, um, such a thing as mini concussions. Hmm. Um, but like, the, and it's also the fact that you don't have to be hit in the head to get a concussion. If oh. you're hit hard enough in the body, in your head snaps. And oh, sure, Your sure. brain, yeah. you know, hits the inside of your skull. You can get a concussion. So, pretty much any high speed contact sport, even if it doesn't have people hitting each other in the head necessarily, has concussions. Head Games is a really good documentary. It it's, sounds it's weird that it, like Steve James is usually a big deal, and he made this one. Yeah, and no one paid attention to it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. This is the f- first time hearing of it. Um, but yeah, when you see like poor david morris in Mm -hmm. concussion and you hear that like the thing that got me was the uh, that he pulls his own teeth out and then super glues them back in yeah it's like that is genuinely horrifying yeah and again not that i'm what i what i heard a lot of from people is that they will continue watching football but they would not want to let their sons or daughters play, play football, yeah, yeah. Um, which is interesting. So I think it did ruin quote unquote, uh, there are quotes around ruin for all of this, of course, yeah. uh, football for a lot of people. What do you got? Well, in ter- you know, what I did think of in terms of place, this is me being, uh, I mean, I, I'm a, a city fied city mouse, you know, mm-hmm. uh, snob city slicker type. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of like the crocodile alligator thing. I don't know which came first, but movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Deliverance and to some extent the Blair Witch Project right. didn't do me any favors in terms of how I feel about rural parts of America. Yeah. I do like, it still does scare me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I still get like, you know, uh, my wife and I have driven uh, to Boise, Idaho and back a couple of times. Mm. We also stayed for a while. We were there. We didn't just like <laughs> drive there just, and like yeah. turn back around. Do you think around. we can do it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've been to Boise and driven a couple of times and that drive will take you through. I mean, I talk about loving Las, Ve- Las Vegas. Las Vegas is a very small part of Nevada. There's, there are parts of this country that like are barely ever like there are, cause unless you're like a trucker who's delivering things, yeah, there's usually, there's not much cause to drive, you know? Yeah. And so there's parts of like, uh, Northwestern, um, Nevada or Southeastern Oregon, Southeastern Oregon, especially there's nothing there. Hmm. Um, or in, in Nevada, there's these tiny towns or like you'd just be driving and there's just a house like out in the desert. Like someone, yeah. um, 
it does freak me out. And just like stopping, even stopping in a town like a Walmart to use to like use the bathroom to get supplies while we're on this 15 hour road trip. Um, I feel nervous. I feel like I'm going to get like, uh, I don't know, singled out. Um, uh, or like, you know, there's you a long way from home, boy, that kind of, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it, maybe in, yeah, maybe it is a bit of snobbishness on my part, but I do have a fear of rural America See, while also loving the view of it. Like I love, yeah, yeah. There's a reason I do 15 hour drives to Boise because it's so beautiful. You yeah. have no idea. It is so beautiful. Um, and then also Nevada especially is crazy because there's a town called Fallon, Nevada okay. that I've, that I, we've stopped in. It's just at a place where both times we've driven to and from like all four times we stopped in Fallon. Cause it's just mm-hmm. really, but one time, you know, we'd driven, we, we would leave sometimes after work and drive overnight and get to Boise in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so you can pull into Fallon, Nevada at 3am and see, Oh look, we're on this quaint, like, it's it's like uh you know uh leave it to beaver style yeah, or like mayberry, mayberry style yeah. like look at this quaint look at this main street hasn't been touched since like the 40s and oh by the way the casino's open and full of people <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's a town of like a thousand people yeah and you bet there are people at the slot machines at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning uh big uh, nevada's hilarious i love it um also a lot more it's a driving from nevada into california uh, there's a lot more Nevada road signs with bullet holes in them that just suddenly stops when you get into California. I don't know why. Interesting. But it's, uh, it, it's, it's noticeable how like for a while, every, like someone will have shot a hole into every sign on the side of the road in <laughs> rural Nevada. And then you get into California and it just stops. Do you think we care more and we just replace them? And in Nevada, like whatever, it kind of fits with probably, the image. I think probably gun laws are stricter in California. I'm not probably, an expert on yeah. gun laws, but that's probably true. I'd say laws in general are stricter <laughs> everywhere except Nevada. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's Nevada. I uh, to, you know what? And I, I always learn. say Nevada. This is the first time I've said yeah. Nevada in like my entire life. That's See, very I strange. Learn. I always said Nevada until I moved to the West coast and met people, you know, from here who were like, what are you, why are you saying it like that? It's Nevada. Like the moment I just said it, I was like, why did you say it like that? That's weird. The other one that I have since learned, but my wife is, because my wife is a SoCal, you know, she's from just outside of Los Angeles County, mm-hmm. she's a SoCal native, and she's pointed out the way you can tell, like, a transplant is when they say the street name or the city name or the highway name, uh, V-E-N-T-U-R-A. Ventura? Ventura. You hit the T, which you're yeah. supposed to, whereas a lot of people will say, and even my GPS says Ventura. Ventura. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like adventure, you know? Yeah. Ventura. Hmm. Uh, but, like, locals uh, yeah. know to hit that T. And I lived in Ventura. Ventura, yeah. So, yeah, so. yeah, you would know. Hmm. Uh, so, along similar lines, not exactly, but um, the... You know, you're worried about like being overwhelmed by people or something like that when you go to where they are. Yeah, or being you know made to squeal like a pig. <clears throat> what have you? To get into uh, uh, being banjo, slaughtered like a pig. Banjo duel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, uh, I worry about um, hospitality, by which I mean bringing people into my house. Thanks to old funny games. And I know there are plenty, sure. there are plenty of yeah. movies that are home invasion, but this is a situation where they are invited into somebody's house. Yes. Under very specific circumstances. They seem friendly 
and then they make their presence known. And, you know, we have the occasional like repairman come in, uh, and you, you never, and then Jen will sometimes have like client meetings who come to the front door instead of the, the back where their meeting is going to take place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we let people into our house all the time. And it's just this realization that like, if this person just decided I'm going to stay or right. whatever, it's like, Oh geez, I, I really can't stop them. Um, well, didn't you not to name names cause I, I don't remember the names, but didn't you at your old, old place mm. have a Thanksgiving dinner once where some people essentially did that. You, oh, you invited a bunch of, of people from like, oh, yeah, the yeah. church and there was a group of people who like didn't socialize with anyone, but the people that came with <laughs> yeah. sat and played board games and stayed longer than anyone else. Yeah. They, <laughs> so they're the people I invited and then there were the people they invited because they had nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, maybe there was a reason for that. <laughs> uh, and so, and you know what? They were perfectly nice people, but at the same time, just like, Look, look, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but you don't know uh, go. Speaking of like board games. Where's have, that? You, have you been to the game house in Glendale? No, it's great. It's like a coffee shop. But also there's beer and sandwiches and you have to pay like a cover charge to get in, but then they have couches and tables and every board game you could ever want. And well, you can, obviously that's where I'm going. You now. can stay because they have a cover charge. You, you know, you don't really have to, yeah. there's not like a two item minimum you, or not like a time yeah. limit. You can basically uh, just go and play games if you want. Yeah, you can go. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, or, or have have a snack, whatever. But it's it's great. They have every game ever. That sounds fun. Yeah. I'm anyway, I mean, it sounds like I'm working for them. But like we took no, that's fine. We, we took our nephew, uh, same nephew who went to Sea World with my mm-hmm. my wife. Uh, he like stayed with us for a weekend, and we and we went there and we had a blast. And now it's like whenever he comes to stay with us, that's going to be our plan. Like <laughs> we're just going to go play board games. Did I, to, to go back a bit, uh, did I ever tell you about, so not, thinking of funny games, among other things, um, at my old, old place, uh, which had a, a patio, which with a wall that was accessible from the street right. and it was, I believe 4th of July, the evening of 4th of July. And, uh, but everything was, had died down. And then a guy just jumped right over that wall and stayed in my patio and yeah. sat in the chair and then just like laid down. And I was like, Oh, well, I don't want that to happen. And it's a good thing that I, at the time stayed up until 4am cause that's when this happened. And so then I called the cops and I said like, he's not being violent, but at the same time, I don't want him there. <laughs> um, and so, I called them and I just, and they said, we'll be there in a few minutes. I'm like, all right. So I just stood there with the phone in one hand in case I need to call 911 again uh-huh. and a giant knife in the other. Cause like, Hey, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the, then the cops came in and I, and I brought them in and, uh, the guy was, did not want to be removed and was, uh, thrashing about. And I was like, okay, I don't like that at all. He was so. inebriated. Yes. Oh, okay. very much so. Um, but okay. You we know, no, no, your, your thing about inviting people in or people you live with reminded me of something that isn't, wasn't on my list and probably isn't on your list. Cause I barely remember the movie, but that might be because of our male experience. Uh, but single white female, I feel like it's a movie which I never saw. Okay. Uh, I saw it when I was younger. Um, but I feel like that's a movie. I, I don't know if it ruined things for people so much as like, it's become like a, a verb almost like Mm -hmm. she's single white femaleing me. Yeah. You know? Um, so maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a different episode when a movie sort of like becomes a shorthand for something that like gaslight. Uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, anyway, Mm, that is a good episode. 
All right. We, we might have run out of examples for all I know. No, I'm sure there, there have to be others. Um, okay. So, and I, I've, I'm going way too slow. I've got many more. Um, okay. okay. I only have a few more. <clears throat> all right. So I will just say that a woman under the influence, American beauty, and especially who's afraid of Virginia Woolf ruined marriage. Uh, now of course, <laughs> okay. of course I am married, but when I watch these things, especially who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, I was like, we should just get divorced right now. Cause honestly, look at how it's going to end. We I thought you were going to say these like movies, the reason you don't drink. Well, there, I guess there's that too, but that's the thing. It's like nothing ruined alcohol for me because I don't drink already, you know? Right. Um, and but I, I, and like, I have no plan to, I talked earlier about having done LSD. I've never done cocaine. Yeah. Um, but I, cocaine has been ruined for me by seeing people on cocaine. Sure. <laughs> like I imagine, sure. I imagine from your point of view, like being the sober person around drunk people can be obnoxious. I would, I don't think it pr- holds a candle to being, you didn't have to be sober around. You just have to be not on cocaine yeah. around people who are on cocaine. It's very obnoxious. Uh, so you don't have to have drank to have drinking ruined. Right, right. I guess that's true. Um, and then I don't remember if you saw this movie or not. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin oh. will ruin children. I don't have children, but if yeah. I see, we need to talk about Kevin is like, you know what? Maybe we're not going to do this adoption thing. Really nothing. Yeah. It's just better safe than sorry. Yeah. I, um, I haven't seen it, but I also feel like <clears throat> as someone who isn't interested in having kids, I feel like the way that people talk about children all the time ruins it for me because I feel like, yeah, everyone, um, by the way, did you see that the, uh, that study that just came out, uh, yesterday, or at least the news article about it was written yesterday about how people are like, not only do they assume that adults without children are less fulfilled, they are morally outraged at adults without children. Um, men and women equally. Uh, that's odd. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but I feel like because so much of the majority of the population just assumes that you know, parenting or, you know, having a child, raising a child is a part of life mm-hmm. that I feel like the things that are supposed to be good about it aren't talked about very much because everyone just assumes. Right. So, so much of the public discussion about parenting yeah. is about the kids being obnoxious or yeah. like drawing on the walls or shitting all over the place or like yeah. parents not getting any sleep or like not having any fun, not being able to go out. Yeah. Like every time I see what like a Buzzfeed list, it's like, 17 hilarious tweets about parenting. And I'm just like, geez, why would I want to do this? Yes. And it's, and that's the thing is it is an instinct that kicks in eventually, I guess for some people, for I'd say most people. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, it's, they're like, Oh, well we don't need to talk about this. Uh, but, but then every once in a while I will see, like there was a thing that I retweeted on uh, Twitter in which this uh, doctor is playing with this, uh, doing like these little magic tricks with a light with like this little kid uh-huh. and the kid is just perpetually astounded and it's the cutest damn thing you've ever seen. That's and it's just like, it's the kind of thing is like, well, okay. And now I want 10 children, <laughs> but when they grow past this cute age, I'll just give them away. Um, okay. So now it doesn't take much to ruin hiking for me. I hate it so much on every po- on every level. But if I liked it, 127 okay. hours yeah. would definitely uh, make me think twice. Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to say uh, picnic at Hanging Rock, but Which I don't, I didn't I don't, I don't think you don't think you're just going to like disappear due to. Uh, you're not going <laughs> to sublimate into the air due to sexual repression, which is 
Oh, is that, is that the That's film? just one, uh, one interpretation. Yeah. Maybe David's interpretation. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, really, you know, there's a mini series now. Really? There's a six part mini series starting Natalie Dormer. Oh, based on yes. The hanging rock. Yes. I did see a, a, a an ad for it. That's interesting. I, I still have not seen <coughs> picnic at hanging rock. Um, okay. What else do you have? You know, here's one. I can't believe I didn't start out talking about this listeners. I survived my hot air balloon trip. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun, especially in retrospect. It's a little freaky at the time, but also a little fascinating. Yeah. But I did like, uh, so yeah, they put, you know, they do it super early in the morning. Mm-hmm. You gotta get, you have to be there at 6am. The whole thing's over. It was like we were back in the car on the way back to the hotel at like eight forty-five. Yeah. Um, and just a whole day ahead of us. We took naps, obviously. Um, and I think uh, there's probably some like weather reason they do it in the early in the morning, but a part of me wonders if it's just like, this is wine country and this is a way to ensure that people aren't drunk yet. That's think it at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, um, they, if you did it at 3 PM, people would show up hammered and yeah. probably have a lot more incidents. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it's, it's a great experience. I would recommend it to, to anyone. They, there was, there were with the pilot, there's a total of 17 people in our basket. We had a big, a big balloon. I think mm. there are smaller ones that have like four people, but yeah. Um, and, uh, it's just a really crazy feeling to be looking at the ground and just seeing it. And there's nothing between you and the ground. That's I mean, sounds... the basket, but like yeah. looking at it, you're not looking through a window or like a view right. or anything. You look at the actual ground and the things on it are getting smaller. And it's weird how far away you can still hear dogs barking, which ended up being fun. Like <laughs> hearing a dog and then trying to look down and see, can we find the dog that's barking? Oh, um, but I did like, sometimes I would like realize that I was gripping a little harder. Like I don't need, I, you could just stand there, but I yeah. really realized. And then the other thing I kept doing, especially the thing that got me freaked out the most was a few times the pilot took us like into a cloud, which is fun, but it's also, it's so discombobulating <laughs> to be, com- it's a complete whiteout. You can't see more than a foot or two in any yeah. direction. And it's so smooth that you could convince yourself you're just on the ground. So it's such a weird feeling to know, like I'm thousands of feet in the air, but it feels like I could just climb out and be fine. And so what I would do, and I didn't even realize I was doing it at first. I kept like sort of, I realized I was kind of like bending my knees. What I was doing is like reminding myself there was something solid underneath me. <laughs> you know, this sounds great, but I, I, I think you might've ruined the idea of a hot air balloon. For um, me. But anyway, to get back to hot air balloons, I've realized here's one of my few non horror movies on here. Um, the opening sequence of the movie enduring love okay uh, it details a uh tragic and grisly hot air balloon accident roger uh, michelle correct accident. yes you haven't you haven't seen, I've not it, seen right? it so basically there's a um there's a hot air balloon that i guess never it didn't quite take off and it's being like carried along the ground mm. it was supposed to, it was just a two-person basket it was a man and his son and the man has been thrown out and so there's a kid in the basket and the hot air balloon is going across the ground and then going up to this guy with this little kid who can't yeah. pilot it oh. and so a bunch of the people who happen to be in the park try to pull it like there's like ropes they're trying to grab it and they're realizing it's too heavy they can't get it and one by one they're letting go and there's one guy who hangs onto the rope too long and then ends up losing his grip when he's too high up yeah. and falling to his death in the park. And that's just the opening. Like, and that's not, not a character. It's basically yeah. two of the guys, the, the movie's about Daniel Craig and Reese Ifans played two of the strangers at the time who try to save this kid. Hmm. They both survive, but Reese Ifans becomes like 
obsessed with Daniel Craig. Yeah. Uh, after that, it's such a cool movie. Um, but yeah, just the image of that little kid being of like floating away in a hot air balloon and that guy falling from too high. And then I'll, that's, I won't, I'll save it for people to watch the movie, but like the, for a movie that's not a horror movie, the shot of this guy's corpse after it has fallen to the ground afterwards is really grisly and one mm. an image that is burned into my mind. Uh, so I think part of my, I'm glad that I conquered my fear of hot air balloons, but yeah. Roger Michelle didn't do me any uh, favors <laughs> with enduring love. Cool movie. Really cool movie. Yeah. It's, I remember it's something that you talked about like, you know, 10 years ago and, yeah, uh, probably more. Yeah, definitely more. Cause we were living in Chicago at the time. 10 oh, years yeah. ago. I already moved here. Oh, gosh. Moved here. That's true. Yeah. And me too. Um, okay. So, uh, let's see here. Okay, I'll talk about like entertainment next. Uh, various things have, you know, quote unquote, ruined Hollywood for me. Um, <laughs> Barton Fink, Sunset Boulevard, The Player, In a Lonely Place, and probably every movie ever made about Hollywood. It's very yeah. seldom, it's, it's seldom that you find a movie that talks about how amazing it is. Yeah, but here's the thing that I think about in The Player that I think it gets wrong, like the the reality is even worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a part when it's all the like executives sitting around talking about when was the last time we actually went to a movie theater, to see a movie and Tim Robbins mentioned mentions. I went to, um, I think he went to the Rialto, which isn't there anymore. I can't, it's been forever since I've seen yeah. it. He's like, I went to whatever. And I saw the bicycle thief. Mm-hmm. We were still calling it by its singular. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were the same calling it bicycle thief at the time. And, um, all of these executives who the movie is being cynical about like all these executives who make crap movies. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is about, they will they don't make anything original. Every movie is pitched to them as blank meets blank or whatever. Yeah. But all these, all these executives who are like, are like, Oh, I love that. And we like giving lip service to being cinema fans. Yeah. But the reality is that they're not even interested in pretending like, yeah, it was, it, and it was, and continues to be shocking to me working in the movie industry, how many people work even high up, even sometimes in creative fields, like yeah. producer, producers are somewhat creative, depending on where you are in the thing. Anyway, um, who don't actually care about movies or don't know about movies. Not that I, I don't want to be a snob that says you have to like have, uh, the, this conversation happens, bubbles up on film Twitter every couple of weeks about, uh, how much foreknowledge you have to have about movies. Where I want to say that, but it, it is surprising to me how often yeah. people in positions of power, um, in this industry don't know or care about movies at all. That's very sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like at least in the player, they know enough. They're yeah. aware enough to pretend that they yeah. like movies. Fred Ward talking about touch of evil. Um, okay. Right, uh, yeah. And then along those lines, it's weird because I feel I'm reluctant to say this one because, you know, there are plenty of there are, <clears throat> there are plenty of like revisionist westerns, um, and then there's spaghetti westerns and stuff. So the idea of the western ruining the western that's not the issue. The Wild Bunch ruined the western mm-hmm. for me. Of course, I I mean I love all kinds of but like even even like Good and Bad and the Ugly which looks uglier and grittier and sweatier than, than movies we'd seen before. Uh, even that there's still like a fun romanticism and to it. There's still a grandeur and uh, no question. Yeah. 
Whereas yeah. the wild bunch is just like, fuck you. You like Westerns? Yeah. What do you is. think of this? What do you think of scorpion being eaten by ants? That's the first shot, by the way. Yeah. You know, that is a movie that makes me feel dirty. Yeah. I get or grimy. Like a film that, I mean, Ernest Borgnine is in it and I recognize he's also in Willard as a, as a villain, but he's in it. And I feel like there's always just sort of, and, and I might be wrong because now that I think of like from here to eternity, he's kind of a villain in that. But yeah. when I think of him, I think of like Marty and other stuff. Uh, and I think of him as a, just a genial guy. And even though his character in the wild bunch is mostly that he's still a bastard. They're all bastards. The, and the, and the good guys, the bad, like the, the, the lawmen, the outlaws, they're all terrible. Everyone's terrible. Yeah. Like it's and it. And I'd say that's probably a little bit closer to, to what it was. Um, and it just looks so you and I've talked about like depictions of extreme cold or extreme heat in film and that oh, it yeah, can yeah. be hard to do. Everyone's just so damn sweaty in the wild bunch that I feel like, Oh, I need to turn on my, my air. Okay. I have a couple more that I are on my list. I thought of, okay. One, Again, it's not a movie. It's a short story. It's a Roald Dahl short story. One of his ones that's not meant for kids. Okay. Um, you know, like the uh, the woman killing her husband with the the leg of lamb. You know that story? Uh, yes. This. Have you ever read the one that takes place on a cruise ship? I don't think so. So the premise is there's a cruise ship, and every night on the cruise ship, you can bet, you can place a bet on how many like miles they will travel over the next 24 hours, mm-hmm. right? And so this guy, there's a, there's a passenger who finds out, overhears that they're going to be hitting a storm. There's a storm coming. And so he way under bets because he's like, these other people who are betting, they don't know that we're going to get slowed down by this storm. I'm going to mm. clean up. I'm going to be the closest by a country mile. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, and then they miss the storm. And this guy realizes he has like, bankrupted himself he spent way too much money on this bet so his plan to make sure they don't make it as many miles is to throw himself overboard uh, <laughs> so the ship has to stop uh and he and he goes um uh up on the deck and he makes sure that someone sees him i have heard of this yes, yes. okay continue. he makes sure that someone sees him and then the last and he throws himself overboard and the last, I guess, reveal, which is kind of like cruel in retrospect, but the woman that saw him is, uh, mentally disabled and her caretaker doesn't believe her. Just thinks it's like, Oh, that's nice. And she's like, a man went over the boat and the caretaker's like, that's nice. Let's go back. And so the boat just, no one knows that he went over the edge Yeah, and he's just out there in the middle of the water. And And he's broke. Uh, he's broke. Yeah. Man. Um, talk about adding insult to injury. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely think of that, uh, when I think of boats in general and cruise ships in particular, but again, yeah. it didn't ruin it for me cause I still love cruise ships. Well, and along those lines, uh, earlier in talking about jaws and I was talking with Jen about this, uh, she said that open water, uh, freaked her out way more than jaws because yeah. it's based on a true story and it's just every so much of it is about just human error yeah and and the idea and she was talking we were talking about this with 127 hours and the ruins both the book and the and the movie that there's something particularly awful about i'm doing something fun uh-huh. i'm doing something right. i'm in a state of relaxation and now i am fighting for my life uh, right, yeah, that is yeah particularly rough. Uh, um, and the other one I thought of 
this one, it, this is a stupid thing to have ruined for you, but I think it really did ruin the idea of being lucky enough to stumble upon a bunch of money somewhere. Sure. Is ruined for me by a simple plan. Oh yeah. <laughs> like if I even like begin to fantasize, about, wouldn't it be cool to find? And I'm like, Oh no, it would just all go wrong. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, 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 but I've got a plan and it's very, Oh, Oh, um, but it's funny you mentioned the ruins. Cause, uh, same Scott, novelist, Scott Smith. Yeah. Um, okay. So this will be weird. Uh, whiplash ruined ambition. Oh, okay. Like, You're going to say jazz. But I thought that uh, no, clearly, clearly, I'm still a fan of jazz. Um, but uh, even more so now that I know that kisses on the cheek are involved. Um, <laughs> That's how these jazz buzz say hello. <laughs> you know what? Maybe. Um, so, but yeah, just one. I, I there are things that I don't like about Whiplash, but things I absolutely do, and one of them is uh, thematically this idea of like what does it cost to be great? And, and is that okay? Is it okay to pay that cost? Like, what are you willing to sacrifice? What kind of person are you willing to be? Um, which is definitely something that maybe even now we should talk about more when we see, you know, it's not as though guys like sexually harassed women so that they could be great, but you do hear about like, you know, guys just being assholes. I mean, as, as Jason Bateman was talking about, like they're very volatile people and maybe that that's a function of them, like tuning into something mm-hmm. so that they can be the best they can be, you know? Um, and so like Jared Leto, uh, plays the Joker and sends used condoms to his co-stars cause he's a moron. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, but I'm it's, it's, I know. Um, <laughs> So, okay, lastly, um, institutions. Okay, I'm glad this is your last, because I have a last one, too. I do. I have a very last one. Me, too. It'd be funny if it was the same <laughs> I one. I hope it is. I feel like it can't possibly be, okay. but you never know. Uh, okay, so uh, JFK, Dr. Strangelove, 1984, Brazil, and I'm going to throw in the loop in there, ruined government. Like just the idea and like, you know, there are movies like Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It's like, Hey, it can still, it can still happen. But like you watch these and you're like, either people are tremendously incompetent uh-huh. or they're just plain evil, <laughs> like, or they, they just are greedy or whatever. Um, and if something good gets done along the way, it's incidental. Um, and I don't say this is like a conservative. I mean, I just mean it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. who, who's there just someone with that much power it will corrupt them or they will bring their own corruption to it whatever it is but uh and i specifically wanted to talk about 1984 and brazil because they're both they're very similar in a a way Mm -hmm. but i like that brazil brings up like the bureaucracy part of it which i think is is marvelous yeah all right do you want me to do my final one well, I also wanted to say oh, okay. <clears throat> capturing the Freedmen ruined cops. I know a lot of things ruined cops for us, but certainly at the time it's like, damn. And, and doing me wrong, there are actual guilty parties in yeah. capturing the Freedmen's, but the cops were just so zealous. Um, and then I'd say uh, Paths of Glory, Saving Private Ryan, and Platoon ruined not necessarily the military, military but maybe like the military machine uh, and the idea of war and that like, Yes, there can be a lot of nobility and there can be a lot of heroism and camaraderie in in war, but you also, for the same reason as uh, like with the government thing, like 
specifically like leadership and the people in charge and you realize like they might not actually be risking anything. And so they do things mostly out of ego. I I throw Patton in there as well. Like the fact that Patton and Montgomery are like in a competition with each other and they are in charge of men's lives um, is, is pretty uh, disheartening. Yeah. There's something I'm trying to think of that now I can't remember. Um, Oh, well, okay. Damn, I can't remember. There's a there's a specific war movie that I was thinking of. Oh well, uh, maybe it'll okay. come to me. Uh, no, my final, and I use the word final on purpose here. Um, in on any number of ways, the Final Destination movies ruined any number of things. Okay. for me because it's uh, anything can go wrong. Like anytime I'm yeah uh, in now in the movie the, the first one the character is trimming his nose hairs with scissors. I uh, have an electric nose hair trimmer. Thank you very much. Okay. But I do trim my mustache with scissors, yeah. you know, and the idea of like there being a puddle on the floor that I slip in and then like, you know, with the blade or, you know, obviously final destination two has the, uh, the big, uh, truck carrying all the logs. Mm-hmm. The idea of those logs falling off and, and 30 something people dying in a fiery, yeah. uh, crash, but any number just st- like, uh, trying to remember what the other ones are in the first one the uh oh yeah this one the sean william scott's death in the first one yeah i think about like he, he has the audacity to be near a train uh, yeah that's he's not it. even yeah. yeah this isn't like the the blonde girl stepping in front of a bus yeah it's just a there's a piece of scrap metal on the tracks that happens to get <clears throat> kicked through the air i guess by the passing yeah. train and it it doesn't cut his head off it cuts the top half of his head yeah. off at an angle um yeah, it stays with me. Yeah, that's that's why. And then, I mean, the even as they get like crazier, like two has um, I mentioned the logs, but two also has like uh, there's a gas tank that explodes next to a barbed wire fence and sends <laughs> yeah. the length of barbed wire fence through the air and cuts. Oh yeah, I've watched the pieces. compilations on uh, YouTube. Um, oh, see, I won't do that. Yeah, I I, I just want I want to see him in context. There's context. There's also the. Um, the plate plate of glass in the second one that, that squishes mm-hmm. a kid. There's like a heavy plate of glass. They're building as a, a yeah. construction site. There's uh, like a, a guy is like lifting weights or something like that. And like the, these oh, two right. weights like come loose and just smash his head completely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the third one has well roller coasters. Uh, the roller coaster is the main inciting one in the third, mm-hmm. but the third one also has tanning beds, which is, uh, I've never done a tanning bed and I, I wasn't going to, but, uh, yeah. Um, Final Destination 3 definitely uh, made me (laughs) seal the deal on tainted beds. So, yeah, that's why I wanted to say that one for last, not only because it has the word final in it, but because it just, like, that series, there's there's any number of things that happen in those movies that I can't even, uh, and I've only seen the first three, by the way. I know there's there's five of them. Um, uh, I thought there were six. I know there's, I know there's five null destination yeah but which i thought our friend there, quinn called five no destination five no goes west <laughs> uh, um, um i was there, there was i thought there was a sixth one i might be wrong though let's see hold on i okay. think you might be right actually right because there's the final destination that's I think is right the sixth so that's right is it one two three four and then five no destination and then and then the final destination i think so yeah okay yeah i've only seen the first three um so yeah, uh, my last one, bec- I, I incorporated it because it actually brings in a lot of the stuff I've already talked about. Um, 
very bad things ruins everything. Uh-huh. Like it is such a nihilistic movie. It can ruin Vegas. It can ruin concepts of religion. It can ruin friendship, Sorry. marriage, children, everything. There are only five. The Final Destination is the fourth one. That's the fourth one. Okay, then so there are only five. five. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, like, it's just, yes. it's, it just piles on any, uh, it's called very bad things. And it could be talking about like, Hey, anything you like, it's a very bad thing in this yeah. movie. It's, I, th- I mean, I, I do think about when I see like a towel hook, uh, which is how someone, yeah. someone dies by just accidentally being pushed up against yeah. the wall. when a towel hook goes into the base of their, uh, of their, their, uh, their neck. Yeah. There. Um, yeah, I, st- I do still think about that. Uh, but yeah, it didn't ruin Las Vegas for me. I don't know. I, right. Apparently, I am immune to having Las Vegas ruined for me because so many movies try right. leaving Las Vegas. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, if you're in living Las Vegas, very bad things. But uh, I'd say that I, I think the hangover uh, boosts it. I think it uh, makes it a, an awesome place, right? I guess. I guess, yeah. Um, yeah. Still pretty sorted, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like very bad things. I saw it once and yet I still have pretty damn good memory for it. And that ending is one of the most fatalistic nihilistic endings Uh that again, incorporates marriage, children, friendship. Uh, it ruined the idea of happily ever after for me. It's just, it ruined the concept of good people. Not that I necessarily had that, but in case I, (laughs) you know, in case I give up my Christianity and, and, uh, give up the, doctrine of total depravity don't worry very bad things is still there for me to remember like oh yeah no everyone's terrible all the time but uh anyway so i think that's that's it for me but i listeners i'm sure there's tons of stuff that we didn't think about that uh that you have to uh, you know yeah this will be a fun one to read the comments yeah. uh, comments on on the on the website um all right uh so <laughs> That's it. You can find us at battleshipretention.com. You can email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com. I'm on Twitter at DavyPretension. Uh, and currently on the website, just running through uh, some things. The movie Meltdown Guys talked Creed. Um, uh, West, over musical notation, talked about the music in Almost Famous. Uh, tyler reviewed Solo. Um, what the hell are you watching? Talked about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. <laughs> uh, now that's the secret of the use. Yeah, that's right. The, um, I reviewed The Gospel According to Andre, and hopefully by the time you're hearing this, um, Summer 1993, which is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Also, my review uh, of The Tale, which is an HBO movie, um, oh, yeah. uh, is up is up now. So that's just some of the stuff you can find at BattleshipRetention.com. I like that there's kind of a, there's been a little renaissance in the last few years of Laura Dern. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, but like, I mean, Twin Peaks, uh, Last Jedi, right. Wild, um, The yeah. Tale, and I feel like I, she's in pretty. What is it? No, what is it called? The it's yeah, an I know it's not Pretty Little Liars. No, it's not that Little Big Things, Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies sounds yeah. right to me. <laughs> little Giants. That's it. Yes. <laughs> um, rookie of the Year. Uh, um, anyway, uh, I was just thinking of I'm thinking what's the, what's the other one? The soccer one is like the green something. The green, big green. The big green. But there's one that Jen was. It, it takes place in Minnesota, where like the kid like 
inherits a baseball team. He like inherits the Minnesota oh, Twins. I never saw that one. I don't remember the name, but like, yeah. there was a, a scene that took place uh, like at the baseball stadium, and Jen was like in the stands yeah. as a young girl. Do you know? But, did it? Did you ever see? Um, what's the uh, uh, Swiss Army Man? Did you ever see Swiss Army Man? Yes. Do you think that uh, was the Renaissance kicked off by the? Do you remember the Laura Dern joke? <laughs> in that yes. because they're ta- like Paul Dano is talking is teaching uh Daniel Radcliffe about Jurassic Park you know and he's like doing it yeah 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 and he's like he's talking about Laura Dern and then later in the movie when Daniel Radcliffe is trying to remember the name of the girl on the bus or whatever he's like he's like I think it's Laura Dern <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, uh Little Big League by the way oh is, that's what I was is, yeah yeah that's Okay. There's there is little giants. There's yeah. little big league. There's the rookie big green. The there's heavyweights. Uh, uh, oh, I never saw heavyweights. It's not very good. But um, rookie of the year has uh, Daniel Stern. That's right. Uh, that one I've seen multiple times for whatever reason. That's odd. Um, Funky butt loving. That's my big. That's my big takeaway from that movie. You remember? <laughs> yeah. Oh, of yeah. course you do. Yeah. All right. Uh, and you can find Tyler uh, on Twitter at Tyler Pretension or at MoreThanOneLesson.com. What's going on over there? Uh, nothing at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, but I'm scheduling and planning several episodes coming up including with uh, some guests one of them very notable uh, which is very exciting but uh, but yeah so stay tuned and in the meantime we do have reviews there's a review of solo there's one of Deadpool um, and then uh, the two geek soup guys are have have been going through all of the Marvel mo- movies over the last few months and they just finally did uh, Infinity War so they're all caught okay. up. Okay, specifically the MCU MCU, movies. pardon me, yes, yes They're not doing the X-Men Correct. Not doing Blade? They're not doing Blade What about Blade 2? They are doing Blade 2. Okay. What about Blade Trinity? It can go straight to hell <laughs> It is the worst one. Alright, uh, thanks for listening We'll get you next time. Bye Bye This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.